Welcome back, everybody, to our Let's Talk Dallas County program here on the Raccoon Valley Radio Network, brought to you today by Perry Fairway, always fresh, always affordable. We're rejoined again by State Senator Sarah Trone Garriott for the second of our two-part series. All right. Well, as we uh, transition into yet a different topic, uh, one that was kind of looked at here towards the mid to um, later part of this last week, and that is a bill that's being proposed from the Republicans is eliminating gender balancing on boards and commissions, i.e., making sure that there's both men and women when it comes to different boards and different commissions throughout the state. And this bill that's being proposed by the Republicans would eliminate uh, that requirement because the Republicans are claiming that, you know, there's studies that back up the fact that, you know, women are now either 50 percent or even now in the majority of uh, being on on boards and commissions. So can you tell us a little bit about this bill and, um, you know, a little bit more maybe of what's in it and then your kind of initial opinion about it? All right. So this bill is Senate file 2096. It passed out of subcommittee. So that means it's eligible to go to the full state government committee. We've seen similar legislation before that didn't move forward. There have been some Supreme Court rulings that question whether or not making gender balance requirements is constitutional. So there's a legal question there. But when I look at just the legislative chambers, the Senate and the House, we do not have gender parity. So we do not have gender parity in our elected leadership. We do not have gender parity in a lot of leadership entities, including boards and commissions. We put these processes in place to make sure that we were getting a better representation of our public. So the concern is if these requirements go away, is it going to shift in a direction where one, you know, kind of one perspective is more represented than the other? You know, we encourage the public to reach out and share their stories, share their thoughts. There's a lot of boards and commissions right now that are slated to be eliminated or combined with others. And we haven't seen a bill about that yet, Hmm. but there have been a lot of attempts to curtail or restrict, really limit the public voice in some of our state government processes, and that makes me very concerned. So my concern is making sure that our boards, our commissions, our legislature, it looks like the people of Iowa, and it's really representing the people of Iowa and what they want. So I'm not directly dealing with any of this legislation yet, but I am watching it, I am paying attention, and it's really helpful to hear from the people of our communities on what they think. And another thing that I kind of want to get your your thoughts on, too, and that is legislation that's been proposed before and has not been passed through the legislature. And it sounds like a bill that was proposed to take off LGBTQ plus protections under the Iowa Civil Rights Act got, I don't want to say struck down, but it didn't feel like it moved out of subcommittee, at least on the House side, I do believe. So can you give us your initial reaction about that? Because again, if it doesn't get out of subcommittee, it's darn hard to get that bill to get out of somewhere else. Yeah, that bill really did not have the support. So we saw all three members of the subcommittee refusing to sign on and move it forward. There's a tremendous public outcry. Mm. Anytime you're talking about taking away rights that have been part of our state law and process for over 20 years, that's really scary because then that means that what's next? What other rights might we lose? We need to stand up for the rights of our neighbors because we all need to make sure that everybody has their rights protected. And it was a bad idea. 
it was a real bad idea. <laughs> so I hope we're not going to see it coming through anywhere else. But, you know, it should make all people concerned. We want to make sure that every person in our state has their rights protected. And then I kind of just want to open up the door a little bit here and kind of let you expand on some other maybe smaller bills that haven't really gotten a a great wide viewing or highlighted yet to allow you to highlight some of those other bills that uh, you think are are important for people to know about. So there's so much going on all the time at the state capitol. (laughs) Last week, I think we had 89 subcommittees just in the Senate. Hmm. Maybe it was like 170 between the two chambers. So that's a lot of bills in one week, Hmm. a lot of ideas. But something that I really want to see move forward as a state, we have not taken up the federal government on their offer to help us extend postpartum coverage through Medicaid to 12 months. So when someone has a baby... Their birth can be covered under Medicaid if they fall within a certain financial qualification, but then they only get coverage for two months afterwards and then they're done. We're seeing some really scary things with maternal mortality, with infant mortality rising, that you know we should not be going in that direction as a state or as a country. And so what can we do to make sure that parents and kids are healthy, that they have access to the healthcare they need so if there's a problem, They can get treatment and they can be there for their family. We have an opportunity to do this. The governor said it was a priority, but she also had a catch. She wants to lower the income thresholds to cover births and for the 12 months of care, not just for the mothers, but also for infants. So there are people who qualify right now for coverage who will no longer qualify because she wants to drop that level. I'm still trying to figure out how many people this would impact. But the bill that just came out about extending Medicaid to this 12-month period also includes infants, and it says, okay, the infants who are currently covered at existing financial level, a number of them will be removed from coverage. And that makes me concerned, too. It's like, well, you know, we shouldn't be taking care away from anyone when our numbers are real bad for health and well-being when it comes to mothers and babies. We've got the money. We've got the resources. I think it's somewhere we could invest it. I'm encouraged that the governor's interested in doing it. Um, We're still having conversations. And then I introduced a bill to help provide more mental health resources in schools. Right now, schools can bill Medicaid for services they provide for a student. And so they can actually have psychologists or counselors on staff who can bill for these services and it helps pay for it, make sure that those people can be there. But you have to have a diagnosis to be able to bill. And you've got a kid that's having problems, they can see there's issues, and it can take months to get in to see a doctor and get that diagnosis. We want the schools to be able to have some flexibility and bill for Medicaid to provide some services while they're waiting to get that diagnosis. So giving them the opportunity to pay for those services so that they can provide services to more kids. And we know our children need it, and we want to see some more investment in mental health. This is a way that we can pay for it. It's going to make a difference. So I've been encouraging my Republican colleagues to consider it because I'd really like to see it move forward. And then for me, making sure kids have their basic needs met is so important. We still have until February 15th to apply for the federal summer EBT program that will help kids 
get fed in the summers when schools are not in session. It's a card that goes directly to the families where they live. They can use it at their local grocery store. The governor rejected this this opportunity before Christmas, but we still have until February 15th to change course and take part in the program because it'll help 244,000 Iowa kids. That's a lot of people that we can make a big difference for. All right. Well, that's our guest for today's Let's Talk Dallas County program here with our state senator, Sarah Trongariot, joining us once again. So thank you very much, ma'am, for coming on. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Today's Let's Talk Dallas County program is brought to you by Perry Fairway, always fresh, always affordable. We'll be right back with more here on the Raccoon Valley Radio Network.